Welcome to Jar of Encouragement. I'm violinist Mary Young and I'm going to be asking Christian musicians difficult questions. Is that how you drink a cup of tea? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> Shall I start? Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Today I'm talking to Katie Whittle, who is a cellist and a really good friend of mine. Do you want to say like briefly what you do? You play a bit with BBC Concert Orchestra, don't you? And are there any yeah. other things that you do like regularly that... Um, like... Yeah, so I regularly play with London Concert Orchestra as well. Hmm. Um, and they do film music concerts mainly. Cool. Um, and then I also play with um, King's Chamber Orchestra, which... Um, you also play with too, yeah. and that's a Christian chamber orchestra. And, yeah. Um, yeah, those are the main ones. I've, mm. I've recently done a bit with um, English Symphony Orchestra, and they play more mainstream re- repertoire, which mm. is oh, cool. exciting. So is that that's how we met, isn't it? Was it through King's Chamber Orchestra? No, actually, do you know what? I think the funny thing is, is that I played with Adoramus before oh. King's Chamber Orchestra and I met and I kind of saw you there but I never mm. said hello <laughs> um you know how sometimes yeah. you don't talk to everyone in the orchestra and then um and then I think I saw you in King's Chamber Orchestra but I don't remember the exact date that we just met <laughs> no because I I don't remember the well obviously I would never remember a date but I don't remember the first time that I met you so I was thinking how did we end up having being friends and like phoning each other up like to oh. chat I don't know that's I just don't know. I think I think there was a, a time when we started a prayer triplet because oh, um, yeah. I remember there was Dolph was um, having a bit of a difficult time at work mm. and it was real. I found it really really horrible and um, and um, wanted to pray a lot about it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. And then also we shared a room, I think, didn't we, in Jersey once? Oh, yes. So we, we might did. have like, got to know each other a bit better. Then. Yes. Did you have anything that you wanted to share about the place yeah, that we're in? Yeah, so the place we're in is Ripon College, which is where Dov is studying to be an Anglican vicar. Hmm, Dov's so your husband. Dov is my yeah. husband, yes. Yeah. So is, is this literally like, are people just studying like next door or something? Is it um, like a university yes. type thing? Yeah, so just so we're in the residential bit of it here. So, um, but um, just across the the path, really, um, there's a big college, um, which is, yeah, just has lots of trainee vicars there, and there's a chap, a big chapel that they mm. gather in to do morning and evening prayer. Do you want to say a bit about like yourself and like how you got into music? Yeah, so uh, when I was six, Mm. I heard the cello being played in a school assembly Mm. and I absolutely loved the sound of it and I wanted to play it and I went home and told my mum and she said, oh, don't be ridiculous, you're only six. (laughs) And and then I kept going on about it anyway, so the, um, the cello teacher agreed that um, I could go and have some lessons, and um, was it because she thought it was too big an instrument for? A yeah, child? I think yeah. so. And then actually, the cello teacher explained that you can mm. get smaller ones yeah. to to start on when you were six. And mm. uh, my mum was like, oh, "Okay, yes, that's that's okay mm. then." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because otherwise the cello could be like bigger than you if you had to get a full size cello. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's 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 even quite 
nearly as big as me now. So, mm. and I'm a fully grown adult. <laughs> anyway, so I, um, I really loved going and playing in orchestra. The first time I played in orchestra, I was absolutely blown away. And mm. um, even though it was like this only little tiny uh, string training orchestra, mm. we got to play, like the cellist got to play green sleeves. <laughs> and I was really happy about it. Aww. And... Um, and I and I also felt like it was something that I could do as well. Like mm. I was quite good in school, but I had a brother who was a bit of a genius. Mm. So um, and but playing the cello was something that I could do that he couldn't do. So yeah. um, <laughs> I quite like that. Um, but I just got so much enjoyment out of out of playing in orchestras and meeting people through music. Mm. And um, do you know why you were good at it? Was your family musical or? Well, my parents went to concerts um, mm. and but when they were younger I, I think my mum didn't really have the opportunity to really learn an instrument but my mm. I think my dad learned the piano mm. to a <laughs> basic level yeah so but I think when I took my grade exams I used to feel a sense of achievement when I got my merit or my distinction you know so mm. um yeah I quite liked it that's interesting because, like, I think my family's quite musical, so it made sense that I was good at music because my mum was a piano teacher and my dad played in the army band and stuff. Hey. And I've got quite a lot of musical other family. Why did you, like, actually decide to do that as a career? Or what made you go to music, music um, college? I just, I loved music so much and the cello so much that I couldn't think of doing anything else hmm. and I knew when I was like quite early on in secondary school that I just was desperate to be a musician hmm. I just wanted to play concerts in a in an orchestra and hmm. um, and that's what I tried to do hmm. do you know what it was like about playing in orchestra that you liked like yeah, so when you're in a symphony orchestra where there's brass and woodwind mm. and strings all together, um, the experience of feeling the vibrations of all those different instruments mm. coming towards you, mm. and but but also being a part of that sound mm. as well is really incredible, mm. and. I love the way that in the strings that we all have to move our bows at the same way and the same mm. speed and um, I so I like the the kind of movement aspect of it, but also the the, the, the overall sound that you can create all together is just amazing. Hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. So um, do you like when you're playing with them? Um, an orchestra do you like really try like how much do you try and get your bow to be the same as like the lead cellist bow or like do you like... I really I watch them a lot in the rehearsal to just check that I'm doing the same hmm. thing mostly so so yeah I do I do try and copy that copy what they're doing hmm. sometimes you can't see them so well and it's a bit harder yeah so do you really you're really trying to like blend and like so, I don't know, how do you get the, the balance between blending and, like, being confident at the same time? Like, I don't know. 
<laughs> that is a really tricky one mm. because sometimes, especially if you're sat at the back, which I often am, mm. um, you uh, you you do have to to stay confident or you're late. Yeah. But the but 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 blending, you have to listen really really carefully that you're creating a similar sound. Sometimes it's really scary because you feel like, if you're stuck on the edge, you sometimes feel like you're the only one playing or something, mm. which is a bit horrible. But um, generally, it's fine. You just have to be confident. Mm. I'm thinking of all these questions now that I haven't prepared you for. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, just about orchestral playing. Because I feel that I'm not particularly good at following a conductor. I don't always understand where I'm supposed to play in the beat on their beat. So like, do you have the same thing as me? That, <laughs> or, or yeah, I think and, sometimes it depends on the conductor because sometimes they almost conduct before you're supposed to start playing. Then it's really off, like I find that a bit off-putting because I yeah. feel like I want to play when they've put the stick down at the bottom, mm. like on the on the downbeat. Um, but if if that's the case, you just have to, to get used to. How, how long the orchestra plays afterwards. But mm. I think generally these days, I think most conductors expect you to play exactly on their downbeat and then... Mm. I guess you'd have to watch what everyone else in the orchestra is doing. Yeah. <laughs> you have to but watch it, and listen. But isn't that just then like following the lead cellist rather than the conductor? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> so I, I suppose sometimes... I think the conductor has an amazing amount of um, control of things like tempo changes and the overall feel actually of the of how you're supposed to play something mm. and mm. everything else kind of works itself out mm. if you were watching and the leader the lead cellist mm. or, or if you're in the, if you're mm. a violinist obviously yeah. you'd be watching the, <laughs> the principal of your section um, you just have, and you also, I, I suppose you just get get used to how different groups operate as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, thanks. That's that's really helpful to me, actually. <laughs> that makes me feel a bit better as well. I'll, maybe I won't say what. Well, I've, I, I just find it really hard to follow a conductor, and I think I'm normally just following the first violinist. I find it so much easier to follow. But I don't know. Yeah. And actually, it's... The, I suppose the most important thing is that 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 the leaders are following the conductor. Yeah. Because then, they if they're together, then their section should be together as well. Yeah. If you feel like the section leader is completely wrong, will you still follow them? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But Otherwise normally, you might lose your job. But they normally like they're you. not. Normally they're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they've got that job, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling that you once said that like it was your dream to play with this certain uh, orchestra. Yeah, I had I had a dream to play with BBC Concert Orchestra. Mm. And because I used to watch them, sometimes they would be on TV or um, or hear them, you hear them on the radio. Yeah. And um, I just really like the way that they have, um, they, well, they, they play contemporary music, so classical contemporary music, and then they play... 
um, pop music, they play jazz. Um, mm. So sometimes they'll have a big band added to the orchestra and mm. they'll, they'll play with the singers and, um, and that kind of thing. And um, sometimes they play stuff which is, you know, very... Well, they like, for example, the problem that I did um, a couple of weeks ago, it, it contained lots of film music and mm. so that was... That was also very fun. I, mm. I like I like the way that it's um, a, a lot of it is is quite accessible to mm. people that might not necessarily go and hear an or be able to hear an orchestra. Mm. Um, otherwise, yeah, I went to that. In case you didn't know, but she did. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. And also, the people in the um, the arena in the Albert Hall were really enjoying it, and they were actually like sort of dancing along a bit to what is it? The dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. Is that the right? The um, <laughs> the one that goes. Da, 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 yeah, what is did that you called? play that? Um, I even wrote that out actually. Um, it's in the Hall of the Mountain King from oh, the Pier Guinness Week. Yeah, the people were literally dancing. That's amazing. Um, I didn't <laughs> see them dancing because I was um, concentrating on trying to play it. But um, mm. that's yeah. I mean, I think as a musician, that is something that I really love to see is that people in, are actually enjoying the music because sometimes mm. you'll play some kind of Brahms thing and, the, and people mm. will be falling asleep and you think oh dear yeah. I'm not sure if they really enjoyed that or were very um yeah like it wasn't it didn't kind of conjure any excitement or emotion or anything um whereas I think that sometimes the things that people know already um they they enjoy those they don't enjoy those more. Do you feel like you're able to express yourself in an orchestral situation? I feel like I'm expressing myself when I'm playing the cello and in an orchestral setting, I still do. Although you are restricted to copying what everyone else is doing slightly, um, but you're still creating something where you're expressing something all together, which is, in some ways, it's... Um, even more powerful, actually. So one particular piece that we played in the prom, um, in the Fantasy and Myths prom the other day with BBC Concert Orchestra, um, it was a, a a section of the Firebird Suite. And um, it was actually a really amazing experience because it really felt like we'd been taken to another realm. The music is just absolutely sublime it's um it's about a bird which is uh, magical and beautiful the the ending is a really triumphant and um it's where where good has taken over evil and um you you, you do feel like you've been taken to another realm, but having the experience of performing it to so many people, I don't know how many people were at the Albert Hall that day, but um, it was a really special experience and I hope that people um, were touched spiritually by it in some way. Um, and that's why I love being a Christian musician, because even though um, I'm not, evangelizing at the Albert Hall I still feel like 
um, creating something that magical and that spiritual for people to listen to is something, yeah, just something really, really special. Were you more nervous for that because it was a prom than something else or like? Yeah, I think I was more nervous about it because I knew that the, all of the seated tickets had been sold out. Mm, and yeah. then, um, and the Albert Hall's a massive place. So mm. that was so that was quite incredible. But also, yeah, I mean the prestige of playing the problems is um, is quite big. So mm. yeah, so I was quite I was quite nervous, and I also thought, oh no, there's going to be there's going to be cameras as well, yeah. and we recorded <laughs> on um, and we it was being played on um, Radio Three. So it was quite a lot of mm. different things to think about. So yeah, so I was quite nervous about it. Yeah. Um, does it? Did you do you feel like you have to be sort of like perfect? <laughs> um, actually, do you know what? I didn't think I didn't think to myself I have to be perfect, but I did think I hope. I suppose actually probably I actually know that probably is true because um, I did think oh no what if the camera's on me when I make when I make a mistake? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I said to you because um, I was like really near the front and I could see the cameraman. I could see what was in his camera because it was on the screen there. Oh. And like in the Harry Potter bit where the violins are playing like the really fast bit, he he just went over to them and he zoomed in on their left hands. Like they were playing every note, but I yeah. think that would be really scary. Yeah. <laughs> so right next to him, like they could obviously see that he was... Um, that was really the camera. scary because that bit is notoriously difficult, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, um, so those violinists must have been really scared. Yeah. <laughs> they just didn't look. Yeah. Just have to stare at the music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to make sure they did it right. Yeah. It sounded really brilliant, though. It did, yeah. And what about worshipping God? Do you feel like um, you're able to do that while playing classical music? I absolutely feel like I'm worshipping God when I'm playing classical cello. The experience is spiritual, emotional, physical, and everything about me is being used and I'm worshipping God playing classical cello. So how did you um, get that work like with the BBC Concert Orchestra? Oh, so I went to play to the principal cellist and... He, he, well, basically, he, he gave me a couple of lessons in making sound and playing and stuff. Yeah. And um, and then after that, he put me on the extra list, and then hmm. um, I was asked, I was asked in. So yeah. did when you like messaged him, first of all, were you saying, "Can I come and play to you so that you could see if I can play with the concert orchestra, or yeah, was just so a lesson?" I, yes, I was quite straight with him. I said, please, could I come and have a lesson with you mm. um, to um, to do an audition for some extra work? Mm. That seems quite brave. <laughs> I think um, it's, it's one of those things where I just thought, if, that, if I'd been in that position, which um, I can't imagine that I ever will be a principal or cellist of a of an orchestra <laughs> but um if I had been in that position I think I would have thought well sh she's gonna pay she's gonna pay for a lesson mm. and actually we'll see how it and then we can see how it goes yeah. but also um I think I if you're if you're not completely um clear about your 
motive for going for a lesson. I mm. think it's confusing to them, oh, to, yeah. someone, to someone else. Yeah. Um, that they might just think, oh, they're coming for a lesson. And then mm. you can't expect them, I don't think, to get any extra work if you haven't asked yeah. them. Yeah. So. <laughs> Did your teacher suggest that, like at Music College, or just know yeah. that you should do that? <laughs> Yeah, so I had a, a a teacher who used to prepare us for, you know, in sectionals for orchestra in, mm. in at Royal College when I, I was doing a postgrad at Royal College and he told me that's what to do. Mm. In fact, he was co-principal of the RPO at that time and um, and then actually coached me to to go and do that with the principal of of the RPA when mm. I and I, I did that when I initially when I left college and I got some extra work with them but mm. it, there there was a bit of a difficult situation um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there was a time when I wasn't asked in for political reasons actually oh I think it I you never really know do you but yeah. I just I I think it was to do with political reasons but um mm. probably I actually didn't really want to get into orchestral stuff anyway but I also wasn't at all prepared for how to do that I think but maybe it's better like these days in music colleges actually you weren't there much later than me you're only a few years younger aren't you yeah but, yeah yeah so how do you find it being like because you're a freelance cellist how do you find that lifestyle like oh um so sometimes I really love it Mm. And sometimes I find it really stressful, actually. Mm. So I find it stressful if I've just done a, a lot of work in a row and then I don't have anything else in my diary mm. and, I'm, and I think, oh, this is really <laughs> scary. Um, yeah. I really hope that people are going to ask me to do some things again. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes you get called at the last minute and there, there was a time when the, one of the cellists in, in the BBC Concert Orchestra kept having to um, not go in because of a, a, an ongoing reason. Mm. And um, I was called at the last minute a lot, mm. which was really fun because yeah. I got to play with them loads and did lots of concerts all in, you know, back to back. And, but at the same time, it was quite stressful because I have, um, I have two children, so mm. um, it meant that I had to sort out childcare very quickly. Mm. Um, luckily, my parents were living really nearby when mm. that was happening, actually. Um, so, <laughs> and they were happy to help me. And I had some nice other mums <laughs> that, like from the school that were kind mm. as well. Because um, if I had to leave early, then sometimes they would take my children to school for me. Uh, but yeah, so um, uh, yeah, so so it can be stressful, but at the same time, it can be really fun because um, you um, you get to go to different places mm. and you get to go and meet lots of people as often. But actually, what I mean, once you've been going into a, a particular group for a while, you then mm. you then can catch up with the people that you've already already known for, yeah. for ages, which is quite nice as well. Um, for example, in KCA, that's really yeah, nice. Yeah, that's I, really nice. Like, um, a thing um, that um, 
I've been doing and you've been doing for quite a long time, so it's always really nice to go and yeah. um, catch up. So, so that's 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 the great thing about it. So, what were the what are the like not so positive things about that lifestyle or things that are stressful? You said with the things that are stressful. stressful. Yeah, I suppose just the waiting to be asked to do things is a bit I find that a little mm. bit stressful because even yeah. though I am a Christian and I know that I should just trust God mm. in everything um sometimes I I have times where I just think oh what have I done like I don't know what I've done because they're not calling mm. me um mm. yeah so that they so you have those doubts which is horrible um but um, I think sometimes I I think maybe I'm the kind of person that likes to have a bit of structure mm. as well, like to my day and my yeah. week and stuff. And, and actually sometimes I find that a bit tricky um, because well, sometimes you do have a major amount of structure and you, you're totally overwhelmed by the number of things that you've got mm. to do. Or, yeah. or you can have times where where, where you don't, have any kind of structure really well I mean I do have um I actually am doing I'm doing one whole day of teaching at the moment which mm. um which provides a bit of structure to the week yeah um <laughs> and my children um sort of provide me with structure as well because they mm. go to school and they come home from school um mm. but um uh but yeah if 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 I haven't got a a big project that I'm doing then it's um so yeah sometimes it it feels a bit strange because yeah. I think, oh, I haven't really got a job. That's a bit funny. Yeah. No, I feel like that sometimes as well. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I don't have a job. But then sometimes I have too many jobs all yeah. at once. <laughs> yeah. It never, it never seems to happen where you just have a sort of constant stream of, a constant trickle of work. It, it always seems like it's, um, it's like nothing. And then yeah. like everything yeah. <laughs> all together. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I, I was noticing the other day because you know how when you meet new people and stuff and they say, what do you do? And then you have to explain it because I do so many different types of things, probably same as you. But depending on what day they ask you, like what, one, one day I could actually feel like I didn't really, I don't do anything. Like literally I've got no job. I've just been doing nothing this week or something that I'm, that is not something I love to do. But then on a different day, I could be like, oh yeah, I did this really cool recording session, and then you just sound like really, it's just a whole different life each week. But <laughs> yeah, it it really is totally totally different. Yeah, because um, also you also if you're fired up about something that you've just done, mm. then it's you feel excited about it, and then other yeah. people get excited about it too. I think. Yeah. Whereas if you're feeling a bit depressed about what you've been doing that week you you then people when people ask you um you say oh well I basically I just spend the, the day trying to clean the house <laughs> and I did a bit of practice <laughs> to keep my hand in yeah. <laughs> and then um, yeah it just it doesn't really seem very exciting no um, it's a weird life isn't it yeah <laughs> um yeah so though one of the things I was going to ask was um if you so do you ever suffer with like imposter syndrome? <laughs> um, imposter syndrome, of course. <laughs> uh, so I yeah, so I think um, I think everybody does though. Do you think? 
I think well, they're, I mean, and, I and they're still really quite an ar- quite arrogant. Maybe I think mm. sometimes you look at the list of people that are playing, and you think, oh my gosh, mm. I'm playing and I'm <laughs> sitting next to them. <laughs> that's a yeah. That's really incredible because um, and then and then you kind of think, oh, I hope they don't notice that I <laughs> that my spiccato is not quite working today or something, <laughs> or um. Uh, yeah, so, but I think um, once you once you get there and start playing, actually, I think normally it goes away. Mm. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I sat, I sat next to someone, not going to mention who it was, but mm. they had this most incredible cello. It mm. was... Um, it was a Stradivarius cello, mm. and I'd heard of this person um, since I was a child. Mm. And like he, this, this person is a, an amazing teacher and just an amazing chamber musician. And he mm. was, I had to sit next to him for this concerto, the, a tippet concerto for orchestra. Mm. And I did think, oh my gosh, I'm, <laughs> I do feel a bit imposter-like here. Mm. Um, because I didn't feel like I was quite the caliber of of his playing, like all mm. my playing. Sorry, wasn't quite at the same caliber. Yeah. As, but um, but actually, it was. It turned into this most amazing experience because I, um, because he was so good and um, so confident in 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 his mm. way that he played it, um, and he and this piece has a really beautiful cello solo in the slow mm. movement as well. Was he doing the and solo? And he was doing the solo. Mm. And I was sat next to him and I thought, oh my gosh, mm. this is totally amazing. I don't think like, this is ever going to happen again where I'm sat next to this amazing cellist playing a Stradivarius cello. <laughs> <laughs> playing this beautiful solo. Um, so actually, so even though I felt at the beginning, um, oh my gosh, I, this is really scary and I, I feel like an imposter here. Um, mm. It actually turned into a very positive experience. Yeah. Do you feel feel like you play better when you sit next to someone who's really confident? Yeah, yeah. I think actually it's it's just so nice and so easy and quite satisfying to play sitting sitting next to someone who just knows exactly what they're doing. Um, yeah. And um, because actually, I think when you're playing in an orchestra, you're your um your senses are really heightened all, all of them so like when you are listening to someone play he's sat next to you and and um watching what they're doing with their bow and everything i think mm. um it it really helps you to play much better if mm. you're sat next to someone who is doing everything mm. in a very thought out way yeah are there any challenges that you face as a Christian musician? Yeah, so when I first started working as a musician, mm. I felt a bit naive in that I assumed that everybody would be kind mm. and um, just kind to each other in in the place where they worked and... Mm. And not ev- and actually, I realised quite quickly that not mm. not everyone is very nice. Mm. <laughs> so, like in a competitive way, I think in a yeah in a competitive way, and I think I think 
I learned very quickly that you you can't say everything that you really think mm. but no I don't know if that's a very good way of saying it but so a lot of of orchestras have feuds going on all the time with different oh. like even <laughs> even within sections and I think I found that really upsetting really about yeah. like I mean, what kind of thing? Like about the Boeing or about like their personal life? Or... No, it's normally about their personal life. Okay. Yeah, Aww. so they're, so if, so, and, um, yeah, so there's, there's, there's peop, people, certain members of the orchestra that don't speak to each other and you don't realise this mm. until you've been going in for quite a while and, mm. um, uh, and I, so I think um, that's something that I, as a Christian, find strange because I think, um, you, you kind of learn from really uh, I mean I grew up as a Christian so mm. and my parents um, took me to church from age zero so um, mm. I um, I kind of was taught that even if you find someone slightly annoying you just mm. are kind to them anyway mm. um, and and I suppose um, uh, not everyone I guess just not everyone thinks like that so um, uh, so that's something that's that I find about something, but um, the positive things about having a faith as a mm. as a musician mm. is that you can pray about your anxieties mm. that you have because everyone has anxious thoughts about a particular concert or mm. anxious thoughts that they've said something wrong to somebody or. Mm. Um, uh, anxious that they're not being asked back in mm. or um so I think that's the amazing thing about being a Christian and a musician is that you do mm. have you do have God there so yeah. it makes life so much easier actually yeah my faith really helps me when I need to be brave and play to um principal cellists I think if I didn't have one, I wouldn't dare to go and do it because I'm actually quite shy. <laughs> um, do you ever like? Do you ever talk about your faith, or like, do people know that you're a Christian? And do people ever like have a a bad reaction or good reaction? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of people do know now because of Dov mm. doing his retraining and. So that was mm. so, that was so major that because of having children and mm. him deciding, you know, later on, because he's now forty five. Mm. Um, <laughs> so and we all had so we had to and we had to move house yeah. for his training, and we're going to have to move house for his curacy, mm. and then for his um, when he becomes a natural vicar, yeah. um, and um, so so. Yeah, so I think because of that being quite major, I think I've told loads of people that that's what's happening and, um, mm. and everyone is... Well, quite a lot of people are actually surprised. Mm. Oh, <laughs> um, really? <laughs> yeah, so um, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Um, so, yeah, so just say lots of people do know that I am. Mm. Yeah. Sounds like it's probably a good thing. Like, maybe they thought Christians were just boring and then you're not boring, so... Oh, that's nice of you to say. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's... You've got a good dress sense. It's very un-Christian. <laughs> it's very un-Christian. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks, Mary. Um, 
well i think um i think also there are particular moments where people have said things without thinking about it and i might have or for example lots of people said to me oh what what kind of if priest is dog's going to become mm. like a Catholic one or an Anglican mm. one. And I would be like, uh, not a Catholic <laughs> one because I wouldn't be able to be married to him then. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So just really yeah. silly things like that that we've talked about. Yeah. Where no one's kind That's of asked. No one's kind of asked me what the meaning of life is yet yeah. or anything, unfortunately. I don't know. Oh, I don't know if I <laughs> Do you want able them to? <laughs> maybe, it would, maybe it wouldn't be good. No, I'm sure it would be good. <laughs> it would be scary as well. Yeah, you're, maybe. You're going to be a vicar's wife, so if yes. that's the kind of thing that you... <laughs> I don't know, that's stereotypical, isn't it? That <laughs> you would go to a vicar's wife and ask the meaning of life. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. At their, at their um, morning co- coffee mornings and... <laughs> um, Afternoon teas. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm going to make all the cake for, obviously. Are you? <laughs> um, what's it? Oh, yeah. How do you find it being a parent and a musician? Because I am not a parent and I can see that you might have a lot less time to practice. And, like, do you manage to... How do you fit all that in? Like, <laughs> um, Yes. Well, it's a good question. <laughs> Sometimes, I think when the the kids were tiny, when Daniel was tiny, when I just had one baby, mm. it was really quite easy to to do some practice, even though, I mean, I was really mm. exhausted because he wasn't sleeping, mm. but I would, when he had a nap in the afternoon, I would, I would just go and play the cello because it, it mm. woke me up, actually. I oh. find, I find it really invigorating. Hmm. playing the cello I just really love it so yeah, yeah so I did I probably didn't I, I, I'm I probably just did it for fun really rather than hmm. being oh I must do some proper studies or you know yeah. something like that but um yeah so I did keep playing oh. when they were what, tiny like, but literally I mean did you have like a week break or did you have oh, any right. break oh gosh like, <laughs> I was gonna ask you like if you if you'd had a break like and how did you oh, really? get back to playing but if you didn't have one that's interesting <laughs> oh, okay well actually no so when they were like a week old I wouldn't mm. have managed to do it but yeah I think by the time I think when Daniel was about three or four months old I did mm. a little concert with mm. a friend wow um where we just we played some little party pieces not anything tricky at all mm. like it was just um yeah famous tune tunes yeah. <laughs> show yeah. tunes and like that kind of stuff um but I think yeah so I was probably by about three months I was able to three two two months I was able to you know if he if he was napping I would mm. just have a little play of the cello mm. um and um but yeah not I um I don't think I did any orchestral work with Daniel until I was until he sorry until he was about eight or nine months old mm. but then actually interestingly I didn't my career hadn't really majorly developed before I mm. had children so that's yeah. I'm quite unusual in that way because yeah. I I sort of ummed and ahed about doing music for ages and ages um mm. and um tried to, to do lots of different things mm. um which like was different things that aren't music 
yeah different yeah. things different things were, that weren't music at all um yeah because when I first got married or when I first met Dov met Dov even mm. um who is now, now my husband um I was really I really kind of wanted that lifestyle where you go to work at nine and mm. finish at five mm. and then you can socialize yeah and like you, and it, not worry about your work anymore. No, no yeah. not worry about your work. Mm. And then the weekend was just totally total relaxation time. That yeah. was amazing. Um, <laughs> and I kind of thought, oh, I really would like to do that. It would be really nice. Mm. Um, and I also, I hadn't, I'd, I'd had a bit of a, a rough time um, at the end of music college, mm. um, and I, it, in some ways, I'd kind of lost my love for for music in a way. Mm. Was, it was a real shame, actually. And um, anyway, so so when I met Dov, I, I thought, oh, maybe I'll try and do something else. So um, I tried to become an English teacher uh, oh. to speak as of other languages. And mm. I did that for a little bit. And it was nine to five, but actually I found it really hard. And mm. I, it wasn't really my passion. Is that um, like a TEFL type thing or, yeah. Yeah. I've got a friend who does something similar and thinks she finds it really hard. Although I think that is her passion though, but she still is finds it? it hard and Yeah. I think when when you try and break English out into rules, mm. it's quite it doesn't follow many. Mm. <laughs> so then you oh, get all yeah. these questions from people from Cuba or something asking you. Mm why is it like this? And you're like, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, anyway, so I, so I tried to do that. But then, um, and I also did a course in uh, massage therapy. Mm. And I, I, I did work as a massage therapist for a bit. Mm. I actually, in, in some ways, I thought that that might be a good thing to do alongside playing the cello. Mm. Um, and actually, it turned out that it wasn't because my hands yeah. got a bit tired mm. um, from massaging people. Yeah. Rather so I, than... yeah, I'd wondered about that in the past. I never tried it. It was just, it went through my mind a few times because it seemed like a self-employed thing that you could do. Yeah. But I always thought it must hurt your hands. And, yeah. yeah. So the, some of the other people that worked in the, in, the, in the shop where I was, they showed me how to use elbows more than mm. hands. But at the same time, it, it, it seemed quite hard to do it. When I didn't, I didn't have a place because I still lived in a in a house with like five other people or something. Yeah, and they it yeah. would have been a bit weird for them. <laughs> yeah. I was just doing a massage in the living room. Yeah. Um, do you actually like giving massages? Yes, I do actually. Oh yeah. wow, that's yeah. nice for your husband, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, the awkward thing was was that my parents had. I can't remember if it was mice or rats, but anyway, we were storing the massage table in their garage for oh. a bit, and then the mice ate it. <laughs> oh no! Is <laughs> that the end of your massage career? So that was so that was the end of my massage table. <laughs> That's really interesting, though. So, so, before you had children, did you work with any like of the orchestras that you work with now, or was it literally after you had children that you started doing that? Right. Like, yeah. So you... I so I worked with the RPA before mm. I had children. Okay. And the sort of briefly with London Concert Orchestra, mm. and then, um, and then that sort of political thing happened in the RPO, mm. which meant that I didn't get asked, oh. and then I got scared, 
mm. and thought, oh my gosh, this is really hard world. I don't mm. know if I can do it. And but that was that coincided with when I met Dov, and mm. then, um, and and thinking, should I do something else? Mm. Um, so so yeah, so actually, um, I it, there was quite a lull between the work then because then I because after I'd dabbled with the massage and the mm. um English teaching yeah I spotted this job on musical chairs because I still mm. hadn't I was still looking at the jobs on musical chairs mm. which is where all the orchestral yeah. jobs are advertised yeah and there's lots of teaching jobs on there as well actually mm. anyway so I I'd, I'd never totally you know gone oh, I never want to do music again um and um anyway so I and I spotted this job online on musical chairs which which was um working for the Edward Said Conservatory of oh. music. Edward Said National Conservatory now it's called. Was that a teaching job? Um, so that is a teaching mm. job, yeah. And they um get international teachers in <clears throat> mm. and I did a Skype interview oh. <laughs> when so Zoom wasn't invented then. Um, oh, yeah. I did this interview over Skype, and um, and they and then they said, "Oh, you've got the job," and um, I thought, "Oh gosh, we've got to move to Palestine." <laughs> oh wow! Um, if I'm going to accept it, so we did. Yeah. So that was just after we'd. So Dov and I just got married, mm. and Dov very kindly came. Yeah. Did he have to quit his job then? And yeah, get a new so. Job? He'd quitted his job. Strangely, though, actually, in that time, I'd been sort of umming and ahhing about music, the music industry. But mm. during that time, uh, the the leader of our church had to suddenly leave, and Dov took it, like Dov took over. So he'd already in quit. His, yeah, so yeah. he'd already quit his job, and then mm. did that for three months, and oh. then it turned out that this job in Palestine was starting. Hmm. you know after that time so it all kind of worked out it was really strange but anyway so that so that's what um kept me in music in the end because I went Hmm. and taught there in Palestine Dov came and um and I played chamber music in Jericho and all these like biblical places it was really fun actually wow um who did you play music with during that time I played with the Palestine National Orchestra which is also really incredible so the chamber music was with some of the other teachers. Mm. Um, yeah, we just formed a we formed a quartet and mm. um, and um, had our rehearsals in Ramallah. And oh. uh, yeah, it was, really, it was really fun actually. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about like uh, if your if your friends and family understands like you know when you have gigs or work and there's like a, some kind of party or something I don't know or some event that they want you to go to how do you decide like do you sometimes give up work for like family things or (laughs) yeah I think there have been occasions where I've accepted a gig and it's just caused so much upset Mm. that actually now (laughs) I don't do that yeah yeah and actually I think I think I'm also in a position where if I say no one time, I think I probably know that then it's not going to stop them from ever asking me again. I think, yeah. you know, if you've only played with an orchestra one mm. time yeah. in your life and then they 
ask you again another time and it happens to be on a family birthday you should yeah. probably say yes yeah because um you want to keep them phoning you but if you've yeah. been working with a group for quite a while I think normally they understand if you've mm. got other stuff to do yeah that's um, interesting yeah because yeah. I um well it was a long time ago now but I was asked to to do a recording for like someone's album sort of like a famous Christian person um and at the time um that was quite a big thing um and but but I had to turn it down because um, of a family funeral. Um, but then I, I never got asked by those people again. And I think the person that I gave the work to then got asked to do everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but so that's okay. It was the right thing to do. I couldn't have done anything else. Yeah. Mm. It's awkward, isn't it? I think yeah. those are those like stressful moments. Mm. But actually, I think you if you do accept the gig and you know it's... Norm, normally you know you have a gut feeling about which one you should do. Mm. And I think if you then go against that gut feeling, if someone else persuades you, oh, no, mm. you should take it on, you should do it. And then, and yeah. then if you go and do it, you're, like, totally not... Um, you're not in you're not there because you're thinking, oh my gosh, I should have been going to the other, you know, you know the family mm. thing or whatever it was yeah. that you were yeah. supposed to be doing. Yeah, I guess that's another thing where we can, like, trust God that if he wants us to do work in our life, that he's <laughs> going to provide it. But um, but on the other hand, like, if, yeah. if you... Well, I think I'm not really a person who really wants to play with, like, the, like, orchestras that much, but if if I did... And it was my first time and I got offered to play with BBC Concert Orchestra and it was someone's birthday. I think they'd probably understand if I was like, I've never been asked to do this yeah. before. Like, hopefully they'd understand. Yeah, <laughs> actually, no, that's true. I think it's, yeah, if it's, if it's a, something that you've never been asked to do before and it's... Yeah. Um, then hopefully your, your family would understand and if they don't, then that's mm. sad. Yeah. It's a bit sad that they don't. Yeah. Do you ever get any, like, how do people react to your career choices and has it changed? Like, um, yeah, so I remember when I used to say as a teenager, you know, like a young teenager, mm. oh, I was going to be a musician. <laughs> and uh, my grandpa just said to me, oh, well, that's not a bread and butter subject. Mm. <laughs> and oh. um, uh, I think a lot of people have that had that reaction then yeah and I think once you once I think once I got through music college people would ask me how I was going and I used to find that very stressful because mm. um I you know like when you first start out you're you're just starting out and yeah um people kind of if they don't understand they might expect you to have a job like yeah. in an orchestra straight yes. away do you have a job yet <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, might never have one. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um yeah, so I think mo but actually mostly now people would like if I say that I'm a cellist, mm. they say, Oh, that's lovely. Mm. But then often <laughs> they don't really know what it is. Yeah. But I don't like waffle on and try and explain yeah. what it is because, you know. 
Only if people want to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Do you, I wonder if the way that you say it is more confident as well, because I think definitely as I've got older, I'm more mm. confident in just saying I'm a violinist rather than saying it in a like apologetic way so that they think makes them think that you're not very good or something. <laughs> yes. I think the other the other thing is is that people often do a double take because they don't expect me to say I'm a cellist. Yeah. So they think you didn't hear the question. You're just saying <laughs> that you play the cello. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Or or sometimes you get what's that? <laughs> or I don't know. Um, I think, but I. But yeah, I think you do get more confident about saying it, don't you? And also, I think mm. when I when I was younger, I used to say, "Well, I'm a I'm a freelance musician, so it means that I sometimes do this, <laughs> sometimes do that." But actually, yeah, people just don't want to hear that; they just want to know, "Bang, that is what I am." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a Are you involved in any kind of music ministry, or have you been? I actually feel like my musical ministry is through my teaching at the moment because I have some quite interesting pupils, some adults and some children, um, or should I say teenagers, actually. Um, and I like to think that actually I help them just in general with their lives as well as through the cello, because um, I try and be ultra encouraging and I just try and spread my joy of music to them and I feel like that is a part of showing love the love of God another ministry that I have done a few projects in is a group which improvises music to poetry and a visual art as a visual artist that performs her artwork as like as we play the music and um, it has a Christian message. The first thing that we did was in an art gallery and it had to be secular, so we couldn't mention the word God, but um, the poet did an amazing job at um, writing poetry about seasons and linked it to there's a time for everything. Um, and it was a really amazing experience because it was... It felt like we were worshipping, telling people about God without being very blatant about it, which often puts people off, I think. And what about um, church? Do you get involved in worship in your church? During lockdown, I led worship every three weeks and did it slightly differently to our usual band um, because actually I didn't sing and I played the songs on the cello. I didn't have a singer in my group because I actually feel like playing the cello is how I worship God and I just wanted to share that with other people in the congregation and we put the words on the screen um like as if we were singing it but um but I played I played the melody on the cello and then improvised so was there anything else that you particularly wanted to say that you'd been thinking about I'm really lucky actually because I feel like even this year, there's been loads of really fulfilling and worthwhile things that mm. I've been involved with. And some of them were, interestingly, quite 
prestigious, which I mm. didn't really expect. I'm not, mm. like, I've, I've like, never sort of thought, oh, I must, I really want to meet a famous person. Well, actually, I met Bono this this year which was really amazing and like I actually had a conversation and we because um, it was um it was with um uh Radio 2 and mm. BBC Radio 2 and um there were we played some of his songs um mm. for the piano beams um which Ken Bruce was comparing is that what you say mm. and um I think there were five cellists and Bono and The Edge and um, so it meant, so it just meant that we, because there were only, you know, a really small number of us that we all, you know, had a chat, which was yeah. amazing. Wow. Um, and, Wait, what's um, the edge? He's the, so, oh, sorry, he's the, the guitarist that Bono oh, plays with. okay. Yeah. His name's The Edge. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not really quite sure what his actual name is. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's how he um, is known. Hmm. Um, what? Yeah, go on. Yeah, so so that so that was so that was a really amazing thing to do, um, but I think why, in the past, why I've, was, sorry, but why was that like fulfilling? I mean, <laughs> why was it fulfilling? Why was it, yeah, um, I mean, obviously you really enjoyed it. I just yeah. <laughs> so I think I liked. I suppose it was. It just. I couldn't really quite believe that I'd played with a famous person because <laughs> I was never expecting to do that, you know, in my life. To oh. play with someone so famous yeah. as, as him. And then have a and chat. And actually I had a chat with him. Yeah, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's, that's absolutely incredible. Um, what did you and, chat about? Uh, <laughs> we chatted about his, um, his music tastes as a young person oh. and how, they'd, um, how he had to hide some of his music like some of the things that he really liked as oh. a young person because of his own image as mm. a musician he wanted to keep that intact his own image um he couldn't admit that he <laughs> liked ABBA um, oh yeah and actually he really liked it all along anyway oh. so, so that was one of the covers that yeah. uh, one of the covers that we played was a piece by ABBA mm. um and then we also did Vertigo, like one of you two songs. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so that was really, so that was really exciting. But hmm. also, I think the times when something's been really fulfilling, as well as musically fulfilling, um, has been things like I did a a thing with Slough Music. I used to work for Slough Music Service, hmm. and we did this creative composition every year where all the schools in Slough got together and they did this massive concert mm. and everything in it had been created by those children. Mm. And um, uh, a few times I was asked to play in the, in the accompanying band and we would we would get their, their creative pieces like a week before or something mm. and then we'd create a... A backing for them, and wow. then we and then we played it in this half an hour long concert, Aww. and um, some people came to listen yeah. to it. Um, but it was it was mainly just the the kind of achievement of having created something all together and um, and actually having a great time. Like all mm. the kids in that concert seemed like they were having a great time, mm. which that's really nice. Um, yeah, it was. 
um, that was that was really fulfilling. Hmm. Even though it was, it probably sounded quite rough, <laughs> like around the edges, because there were yeah. lots of, um, you know, um, whole classes of violins hmm. playing, and um, that's not always the the hmm. most. Uh, a smooth sound yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then um violins that were stringed up with viola strings you know that are kind mm. of like buzzy sort oh of yeah <laughs> noise and Aww. um lots of trumpets playing three notes and Aww. that kind of thing but actually you know um i think the like the overall experience was for everyone was just having a lot of fun with music mm. and Having having the the achievement of having created something musically was fun as well. Do you feel like it's a worthwhile thing that you do? That's sort of my last question. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yes. I think if I I think if I didn't think it was worthwhile, I definitely wouldn't have continued doing it for so long. Because I think it's quite hard to, in some ways, it's quite hard to kind of keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Because um, I often think about new. Uh, groups that I might like to try and play with and I mm. try and play to principal cellists and stuff like that and um, yeah so I keep I, I guess I keep working harder at it um, mm. but uh, yeah so I, but um, yeah the worthwhile thing I think you can create something quite beautiful uh, for people to come and listen to if you're create, doing you know playing something for a concert and I think mm. it shows when you finish the concert and and people are really you know really happy about it and they yeah. stand up and clap and yeah say encore <laughs> like that and yeah so I think I think it can bring a lot of joy the joy that I experience um as well I think lots of other people have said that it comes across when I play and yeah, I just like to share that with other people. So I guess I'm trying to, I'm trying to show God's love with how I play the cello. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. I found it really interesting. <laughs> did you? I did, yeah. <laughs> I learned some things, I think. Oh, right, OK. About how to play in an orchestra. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thanks for talking to me. Um, that's probably the end. <laughs> thanks very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs>